Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys, what is up? I am very happy to be speaking with you again. Hope you're having a great day or evening whenever you're tuning in. This is episode 151, and I want to talk to you guys about something really cool, really fun, and really interesting that I did over the weekend. It's been about four years since I last completed an obstacle course race, and I'm very happy, very proud to say that I completed True Grit 2023 uh, here in Perth, or you know, just a few hours south of Perth. And guys, I've got to tell you, it was fucking tremendous. I had an absolute blast. It's been four years since my last obstacle course race, which for me is fucking way too long. You know, and some people, you know, say, you know, you say to them, hey, you want to go and do a, a 5K uh, run or a 10K or a half marathon? Everybody has a different kind of reaction to it. Some people are, you know, they're kind of inspired by that and, you know, they're, they're quite jovial and happy for you and, you know, you know, excited for you. They're like, hey, good on you. You know, whether it's HBF run for a reason or whether it's, you know, the city to surf. Some people are kind of like, you know, they've got you back and they're, you know, they're cheering for you. They're, they're really excited. Then you have some people and you tell them, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to drive two and a half hours and go and complete a 10K obstacle course race. And they look at you like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> and I just laugh. I really do because, you know, my kind of personality and, you know, my character is very much each to their own. If you like doing something, hey, more the power to you. Go and enjoy that shit. But over the weekend, I did True Grit, 10-kilometer obstacle course, and uh, the scenery. I just want to give you guys a little bit of a, like a backdrop of the True Grit Perth race and the, the location itself. So I live in Perth. The location was about two and a half, three hours south. Uh, and... I'll tell you what, it's super picturesque, absolute beautiful landscape. So the last time I did True Grit in 2019, they had it at a different location and it was a bit more like a farm kind of estate, a lot of greenery, a lot of paddocks, a lot of green grass, that type of stuff, some hills. Um, but for me personally, I didn't find the course that challenging. Um, there were some hills, but there was nothing like I had experienced when I did the Spartan race, the beast over in Victoria, uh, I still remember waking up as my uh, as my wife was driving us to the location and just seeing these fucking these mountains, these <laughs> these huge fucking hills. And on the drive in, me and um, one of my students, Adam, he competed as well. We were driving in, and uh, I was just like, "Yes, I could see these big fucking alpine trees from the side as we're driving in." It just basically envelops your surroundings and just these hills and these trees just go up and up and up and it was fucking fantastic so it was at a different location to last time it was held in uh, what's called the linger longer estate in southampton in western australia so for those of you who are listening from interstate or overseas have a bit of a google linger longer estate in southampton wa or western australia and it's 
oh honestly beautiful like it's a it's a wedding location and it's just absolutely gorgeous so it's got beautiful scenery it's got huge hills picturesque countryside and you know like i said those alpine trees that was really the big standards you've got these trees that just go up and up and up and up and when you start actually entering the tree line or the forest it goes dark like the sun is just it disappears it's fucking it's it's awesome i really enjoy that kind of stuff and i want to tell you guys honestly if you've never done an obstacle course race before in your life i would highly encourage you go and sign up for one you know it may not be 10k's that you go and do it might be the 5k and you'll surprise yourself a i think you have a great time doing it um it's a lot of fun the reason i enjoy doing obstacle course races is it's a great physical test to see where my body's at right here and now so for me personally i didn't train for the event i was very one-dimensional very much tunnel vision on my current training routine which is kettlebells and i'm in my off season from football so i'm trying to actually put on a bit of size i'm trying to build muscle uh i wasn't really training with you know a circle on the calendar saying hey i'm training for true grit on this date so for me my preparation wasn't great wasn't optimal i did zero running preparation okay um the only running that i really did in preparation was chasing my daughter around the house or when we're out and about or when she says daddy run you know maybe she wants to get picked up and she go daddy she'll point she'll say daddy that way daddy run <laughs> so i'll just basically go and do that that's basically the it that's the amount of running i did in preparation but strength wise felt like i felt going into the event felt terrific you know just general conditioning and aerobically i felt okay like i haven't run but i've still been training three days a week with my kettlebells you know once to twice a week doing my rucking so i felt pretty confident going into that event that i would put up a good time and you know really push myself i wasn't there just to go and you know make up the numbers so to speak or do it as a fun run um myself and adam we were there to you know push ourselves and we did we completed the 10 kilometers and the 30 plus obstacles in one hour 51 minutes all right so you know it was pretty challenging we were, we were both pretty tired afterwards you know i was probably more tired and more fatigued in the in the legs than adam was because he trains for it a bit more than i do his his goals right now he does running on a weekly basis me not so much but this is the really one of the key things and one of the things that i really enjoy about obstacle course racing it's the different kind of terrain so it's not flat running it's not road running you're not on pavement you're not going around around in circles you know boring as batshit running on an oval it's mixed you've got flat surfaces you've got some hills some rolling hills you've got some fucking steep mountains that you just look up i remember getting to the bottom of a bottom of the hill for one of them and just going like this looking up and just being like right off we go you just put one foot in front of the other and you just feel like you're doing that step 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 one foot at a time and it just feels like it never ends it's fucking great <laughs> so we had that kind of surface we had red gravel trails we had woodlands uh you know we had mud sludge water you know tree roots you know under barbed wire all kinds of fun shit stuff that you don't experience in your day-to-day -day life which is what i enjoy i love my kettlebells i love my strength training i enjoy my rucking putting a pack on and you know going out for you know 45 to you know 75 minutes is generally how long i ruck for 
But this one, 10K, 30 obstacles. I had no idea how long it would take me. You know, in my mind, it takes as long as it takes. And that's part of the allure. That's part of the, you know, that's part of the reason you sign up is, fuck, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me. I don't know what obstacles they're going to be. I could have looked at the map and the event list prior. I didn't because I was just there. Tell me where the start line is and I'll just follow the directions as I go. And it was fucking terrific. And this is the thing. <clears throat> it tests so many different elements of fitness. Obstacle course racing tests all kinds of physical qualities. So for me, like I said, I train kettlebells three days a week. I ruck once or twice a week, generally speaking. So when it came time to do True Grit, from a strength standpoint, I was sweet. I had zero issues, no problems whatsoever completing every single obstacle. No factor. From an endurance standpoint, running and covering 10Ks with mixed terrain, up and down, undulating hills, steep-ass mountains and fucking, you know, huge hills. That pushed me a little bit. Uh, you know, my quads and my calves got taxed pretty hard. And I definitely had to go through my breathing gears. You know, there's three breathing gears and I, I went through all of them. Gear one is the low intensity. You know, you're kind of just cruising. Gear two, you're working through some hills. It's a little bit harder and then it gets a little bit easier. Gear three is, hey, when you're working on a hill this steep and you'll put one foot in front of the other, you're blown. And then from a joint health standpoint, that's where I got caught out. That's the piece that really hit me hard um, because I haven't been doing hill running. You know, this comes down to specificity. You get good at what you practice. So I didn't practice running. I didn't practice doing hill sprints. I didn't practice doing any hill work whatsoever. And I paid the price for it. So climbing up and down steep hills, it takes its toll on the knee joints. And that's really one of the big pieces that I wanted to talk to you all about today is how working on different terrain impacts the body. All right. When you do obstacle course racing, you're no longer on a flat surface. You're working hills. You're working laterally, left to right. You have to navigate going up hills, going down hills, working around other people, working around odd objects, tree limbs. You have to work on a 45-degree angle when you zigzag up and down a mountain. These are all things that you have to accommodate for. So when you're running, especially at speed, downhill, you have to lean backwards and bend your knees significantly more because that motion of reclining, leaning backwards, plus bending the knees, act as brakes. If you do not lean back, so if you stay completely upright and you're in line with the hill, you're going to tip forwards. You will fall forwards. You will fall over forwards. So you lean backwards and you bend the knees and the hips, and you'll feel that immediately. It loads up the quadriceps. That helps you slow down. You can run as fast as you like, but you need to do those two things. As a consequence, the knee joints take more. They get basically put under more strain. Quadriceps working hard because you're constantly in knee flexion. And then you add the speed component. All of your body weight and gravity wants to take you down. And because you are traveling on a slope, 
that means forwards as well. And you have to counteract those forces. And that's really the, the challenging thing. And that's where I got caught out. The zigzag motion. So you never just travel straight down, especially going through the tree line. You're zigzagging left and right, constantly going down, uh, you know, swaying left to right, working yourself from the top of the mountain, so to speak, downwards, okay? So you're never actually square. You're, you're on this angle of, you know, 40, you know, 20, 30, 40 degrees, depending on how steep that hill is. And what I noticed is as I was going through the race, especially after the hour mark, the first hour, no, not a problem, no factor. As we got kind of past the 60-minute point, probably more towards the 75-minute point onwards, started getting this little bit of a sensation on the outside of my knees, which I have had before. And it's not muscular discomfort. It's not muscular fatigue, but it's joint stress, joint pain. And it started out like just a little twang, a little pull here and there. Not like bang it, there it goes, but just this little pull, this little grab, this little sensation. And it was getting a little bit more and a little bit more. Like you're turning up the volume on a, on a volume knob. It was that a one? And then we did more, more downhill work, got to a two more lateral motion side to side going down hills you know you can't you don't have even footing and went to a three have to jump down this little ravine okay it goes to a four you know we're going we're traveling further and further accumulating more meters more distance okay it's at a five and then there's this long long descent and i don't want to go slowly i'm trying to go fast so it goes to a five and then a six and then a seven. And then we flatten off a bit and it kind of, it eases back off. But that's the thing. Going up and down hills changes the forces that go through your body. So if you're a runner or if you want to get into running, I would encourage you to start on a flat surface, whether it's grass, whether it's a footpath, you know, that's running around in circles on an oval. I've been there. I've done that. I don't particularly enjoy it. I find it very boring. But it's a great starting point because the variables don't change. The surface is flat, the surface is soft, and you run in the same direction over and over again. So your body can just get to a nice cadence, a nice rhythm, okay? As you progress with your running, you might decide, hey, I'm sick of going down to this local park and running the same route and the same track, the same sequence over and over again. I want to spice it up. So maybe you do a two and a half kilometer loop. So you map out two and a half Ks, and you just do one big lap, all right? And then as you get more competent, more confident, stronger, and your muscles, ligaments, tendons, tissues, and joints start acclimatizing to this extra stress and this extra frequency, then you might start to branch out. This is where you might think about, hey, I want to get out into the trails. And trails are fun. Trail running, real fun. If you've not done obstacle course racing before, trail running is a great entry point before you go and sign up to an event like a True Grit or a Spartan race or what did they used to have, Tough Mudder, things like that. You might want to start going out in nature, find a track that isn't flat, that isn't level, where you've got to look at your foot placement. You've got to work on accelerating up a hill, decelerating down a hill and building up that strength and the conditioning not just in the muscles, not just in the cardiorespiratory system, but the joints. 
your ankles, your Achilles tendon, the knees, your hips, your lower back. Don't just go and think, ah, there's a, I've not done any training for you know six or 12 months. I might go and sign up for, for that event. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, no, it, it's not a good idea. Okay, so I would highly encourage you as a base, you need a strength training program and a routine that is going to make you globally strong. So that means everywhere, top to bottom, front to back, left to right. You need that as your foundation. Once you've got that, then you can start to work on trail running and you know signing up for that event. So that's that's kind of the uh, the nuts and bolts of the true grit. It's it's something completely different. My training, generally strength training, as as I do it, as with my students, it can become very repetitive. I'm I can be quite robotic. I've followed you know the same training program for a nine month period of time, not a problem. Um, other people need something to spice it up. And some people also need something on the calendar. And if that's you, if you're the type of person who does get a little bit bored and a bit repetitive or a bit stale with your training, you know, you strength train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, and you want something else that's going to keep you engaged, keep you stimulated and push you, test you, get you out of your comfort zone. An obstacle course race might be the thing for you because you can put it on the calendar and be like, okay, I have an event right right here, I have to train for it. That means I need to be strong all over, top to bottom, front to back, left to right. I need to have a strong, resilient midsection. I've got to be like rock solid. Then, okay, I also have to condition my feet to the distance that I'm going to be covering. So that's where rucking may come in. And maybe it's also, all right, oh, running, cool. So maybe once a week you go for a longer run. Maybe it's a 5K. And then you get comfortable with a 5K, then you might bump it up to a 7K. And then 7Ks might be becoming your new normal and easy. And you're like, all right, well, let's get into double digits here. Let's do a 10K run. And then 10Ks becomes your normal. And then you think, all right, 10Ks is normal. Let's throw in 30 obstacles here and let's see how you fare then. It's, it's just a great little combination. It's a nice little stepping stone. It's a progression and it leaves you with a lot of other options. Maybe you want to do a half marathon. Maybe you want to do a triathlon. Maybe you want to do a full marathon. I don't know. But these are things that can test you and get you out of your comfort zone and give you some options to play with because, you know, you've got to treat life as an adventure. If it's the same thing week in, week out, yeah, I can understand. It gets boring, gets monotonous, and there's not a lot of fun to that. But honestly, like for me, running around the countryside is my idea of a good time. But it's my idea of a good time because I like testing myself. I have a growth mindset. I'm the type of person who likes to push and challenge and you know see how I stack up doing physical tests, especially something that's not what I would normally do. The location, I had no fucking idea what to expect. I punched it into the GPS and I drove. That's it. I got there and then whatever was thrown in front of me was thrown in front of me. So it's one of these ones, okay. No idea what to expect. Cool. Find a solution. Figure it out. But for me, uh, there were two options. You could do the half, which was a 5K, and the 10K was the full. 5Ks for me personally just isn't long enough. It's not challenging enough. So I didn't really see the point in doing that personally. And even with you know my, my running mate, Adam, he covers 
you know, 5Ks every Saturday, built up to 12Ks, not a problem. So, you know, we're, we're there to push ourselves, and we did. And also, I want to say this as well. If you're a runner, you need to make sure that your footwear is actually appropriate for you and your body. So what I mean by this is, if you wear shoes that have a big, squishy sole, a narrow toe box, so your, your toes are really squished into this small space at the front, and your heel is elevated, so your heel is higher than your forefoot, uh, that's a problem for a few reasons. It doesn't allow your feet to act and perform as feet. Your toes should be able to splay, okay? You don't want to land heel-toe. It's called heel striking. You do not want to land heel-toe, heel-toe, heel-toe. Puts a lot of joint stress through your body. Uh, and the longer that your foot remains on the ground, the more it slows you down because it acts as brakes. So think about it like this. You can't travel forward if you're on the ground. Like my, my two feet are on the ground right now. I'm not moving. But if I lift one foot up at a time and then I lean forwards, that produces forward momentum, i.e. running. So when your foot is on the ground for a longer period of time, it actually slows you down. So that's a negative. And yeah, the True Grit event gave me a chance to try my new running shoes. I say new, I've had them for a couple of years, but I don't wear them very often. And I've not worn them in an event, in a race. So the shoes that I wear, they're called Altra, A-L-T-R-A. If you are interested in a running shoe, go and check them out. They are a flat sole. So there's no difference between the, the height of the heel and the height of the forefoot. Uh, the ones I had, they had a couple mil stack height. So what that means is there was a bit of a cushion to it. And the reason there's a cushion to it is because the previous shoes that I've had for, fuck, 14 years, my Salomons have a stack height also. However, they have a heel elevation. So it's a nice transition shoe where I'm not going to fuck my joints up and, you know, kill my Achilles tendon and my heel and give myself, you know, stress fractures and all of that. So it does have a little bit of, air quotes, cushioning uh, for better, air quotes, absorption. Um, it's a nice intermediary. It's flat, but it still has a bit of cushion. Um, so yeah, I'm not going from one extreme to the other, having lots of padding and lots of cushioning to absolutely none at all, because that's a terrible idea and that's a recipe for an injury. So yeah, those are the shoes that I used. I did research the shoes, you know, before I purchased them a couple of years ago, uh, and they held up really well. Didn't have any problems, you know, getting out of uh, muddy obstacles, climbing up and down hills. Very good grip, wide toe box. So, you know, I got no blisters, no bleeding of the feet or toes or any of that because I wear my very sexy toe socks as well, which I would recommend for, for those of you who are runners. But here's the thing. While I had a shitload of fun, I got to challenge myself and push myself. It wasn't the smartest preparation. <laughs> and I share this so you can learn from my experiences so you don't have to go and make the same mistake. Uh, my preparation wasn't the best, but here's the thing. My body dealt with it. My body dealt with it. By strength training three days per week, lifting kettlebells, doing ballistics, so violent motion, and also 
so some quick movements and some slow movements. I had built enough total body strength and conditioning to cover 10 kilometers and 30 obstacles without much problem. The knee joints, like I said, they didn't fare so well, um, but they held up. Some other people on the True Grit course didn't fare so well. I still remember we were going, we're on our way down and we're going through some rolling or undulating hills. And we came over one hill and there's this group of three people. They've got this bright orange, no, bright pink t-shirts. It's two people kind of standing up, you know, hands on knees looking. And I see, oh fuck, there's somebody, they're leaned up against this hill or against this mound and they're just fucking in agony, in pain. And this lady must have blown her ankle. Um, yeah, it didn't look too good. So, you know, there was this large woman and she's obviously in a bad state and maybe she's lost her footing. You know, maybe she's come over the hill too quickly and, you know, not being able to control herself down. And she's probably ended up busting her ankle. You know, that's part of the allure is the danger side of it. I don't say danger in a negative way, but, you know, sometimes you do something that's out of the norm or out of what you normally do. It's kind of like, oh, it's like when you see a door and it says, do not enter. Your mind, a little part of your mind says, hey, I wonder what's behind the door. So there's this risk. There's also that reward component. I'm doing something I haven't done before or I am unfamiliar with or never get a chance to do. The risks are there, but I'm going to take them on anyway because it's fucking exciting as well. So that's that's really one thing that I enjoy about obstacle course racing, as challenging it is as perhaps, I don't want to say dangerous, but there is a danger component. It's kind of captivating as well. So it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. It was great fun. Loved it. Will do another obstacle course race the next chance I can. Um, but yeah, like I said, some people didn't fare so well. It, there was, I'll tell you this. One of the great things about obstacle course racing is that it attracts people from all walks of life. You know, people who are stuck behind a fucking desktop computer, you know, Monday through Friday. People who work as laborers. People who, you know, have to wear a suit and tie. People who don't work at all or maybe haven't had the chance or the opportunity to do what they want for a while and just like, you know what, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to go and see what I'm capable of in my current body. And I love seeing people get out of their comfort zone, test themselves and see what they're made of, see what they're capable of. Because I know for a lot of people who were on the course, who were covering the five or the 10Ks and all the obstacles, they would have come out of that race and out of that event a much better person. They would have been like, holy shit, I'm leaving a lot on the table when it comes to my physical training. I need to go and get into the gym and start lifting weights. I need to go and start rucking. I need to go and start running because this type of shit is fun and I want to do more of it. It's a big adventure and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a bystander. I want to get in the arena. That's what I like about obstacle course racing. It attracts everybody. But as the catch-22, as I just mentioned, a lot of people would have had a great time, may have taken them longer than they anticipated, and they may have ended up a bit more battered and bruised than they thought. So I know there would be a few people uh, who would be right you know, in the physio's office or seeing a chiropractor getting a tune-up or seeing a doctor be like, hey, I fucked up my knee, sprained my back, I did a shoulder thing, 
I need to go and get a scan or whatever it is to go and get some treatment. Like that, that would be a definite. I'm sure of it. Um, and, and this is this is common when you have an injury or you get an overuse problem. And I want to explain something when it comes to injuries and overuse issues in the body. So this is from Dr. Andrew Locke, physiotherapist extraordinaire. He knows his shit. Um, he says, every biological tissue has a load and fatigue capacity. Should you exceed that capacity, you will have an injury. And that's what happened to me. Not done any running. Didn't do any hill work. Didn't work on, you know, working on ascending, going up hills or descending, coming down hills and strengthening the areas I needed to act as brakes, quadriceps, the muscles that support the knee and the hips, right? So that's what happened to me. Uh, I put more load and more capacity, i.e. reps, into my body and into my knees than they had been accustomed to. Uh, therefore, I got rewarded with lateral knee pain. That's what happens. You know, that's why strength training is so important. But it's also why you have to train specifically for your goal. If you have a specific target, your training needs to be specific for it as well. So my hope for, uh, by getting this podcast out there is that it will hopefully inspire more people to get out there uh, and sign up for these events. If you've never done one before, I would really highly encourage you to just type in into the Google machine, obstacle course race near me or obstacle course race and then your city. And you'll find something. There's a lot of companies now doing it. It's becoming a bit more mainstream. I remember, you know, even oh, 10 years ago, this thing wasn't very common. There was maybe one or two companies that did it. Now it's a fucking global, you know, worldwide, I don't want to say phenomenon, but it's a worldwide activity. People participate year round around the globe. If you want to do it, uh, please do pay attention to your general physical preparation. So what you do, Week in, week out. Don't just sign up for the event, not to train for it at all, and just hope for the best because you'll probably be one of those people who need to go and see a physio, chiro, or doctor to get treatment and remedy an injury. So make sure you're doing the bare minimum, which is strength training and rucking. And if you want to take it to the next level and really push yourself and prepare properly so you don't fuck yourself up, yes, uh, do some running. Uh, whether it's on a flat surface, you know, uh, some of my students, they do park run, which is a 5K organized uh, run. So it's like a time trail uh, every Saturday. Or whether you want to actually get out in nature, maybe get away from suburbia and away from the concrete, you know, the footpaths and running on the road. Maybe just go and find a trail that's near you and run that. And you'll find you'll be in a really good position, real good place, both physically and mentally, when you're faced with 5, 10, 15 Ks of you know, wilderness or trail running plus obstacles. So while there are some unique obstacles out there in OCR, you can get in great shape with a general plan. General plan to get you half the way there. And if you want to really push yourself and hold yourself in the best position possible, get a little bit more specific. Like I said, I wasn't specific <laughs> in the hills and I paid the price for it. So bear that in mind, um, but you need global work to build total body strength and conditioning. All right, that's that's how I train year round. I train GPP, general physical preparedness. 
do my kettlebells, working my entire body, top to bottom, front to back, left to right. And then my meat and potatoes, that's my meat and potatoes. So I can excel at the thing that means the most to me, which is football. If the thing that means the most to you is OCR, is obstacle course racing, you need to train both. You need the strength, you need the conditioning, but you also need the, specific, uh, the specificity of trails. Getting off-road, getting up hills, down hills, working left, working right, learning how to use your brakes and all of that good stuff. So True Grip, for me, it was something very exciting. It was very fun to compete in. And honestly, it lit a fire back in me for OCR. Four years between races is a long time. It's been fucking ages. And I've always had fond memories of the, the races that I have competed. I've done two Spartan races and two... Uh, no, that was actually my third True Grit race. So yeah, I've done five now and it's uh, I want to do more. So if you're local, if you're, uh, if you're from Western Australia, if you live in Perth, you know, let me know if you see any events in Perth, north or south of the river, on the calendar. Let me know if you want to train for one, get in great shape so you can go and crush it in, a, in an event. Or if you just want to catch up at one of the events, uh, let me know. And uh, we can catch up for a bucket of chippies and a uh, long macchiato afterwards because uh, that's my go-to post-race. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and got a bit of an insight into obstacle course racing. It may be for you. It may not be for you. But at the very least, do a little Google. Do a little research. See if it's up your alley, if it's something that inspires you. And, you know, you maybe watch a little sizzle reel or a little highlight reel of one. You might be like, fuck, that looks pretty cool. I want to try it. Try it and see what it's all about. So I had a great time. And I'm sure that in 2024, I will be doing another obstacle course race as well. So maybe I'll see you around the traps or out on the course. So yeah, look forward to hearing from you guys if there's anything in the pipeline. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you real soon for another episode. But for now, keep getting after it. Get strong, top to bottom, front to back, left to right. Push, pull, hinge, squat. And if you want to take things to the next level, do some rucking, or some running, and you'll be a fucking savage. All right, so there's your uh, there's your blueprint, and uh, I'll leave you with that. And uh, until next time, stay safe, guys. If you loved the wake up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.